meeting. Uh, Dr. Gomez, thank you for having us. Thank you so much. It's a blessing all the time just to be able to come and teach the word. We don't take it lightly. We appreciate it. Uh, you men that are here, thank you so much. I want to still acknowledge a couple of pastors, Reverend Ron Greeley here. Brother Rick, Pastor Rick back there. Brother Sonny, God bless you. Thank you all for being here. It's an honor to uh, be here in front of you. God bless you. One of the things uh, I wanted to do, thank you for the pizza, Raymond. Me and your family bought pizza and stuff. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. One of the things today that I wanted to do is uh, talk about leadership. It's important that we do that. And the reason is, is because we as men sometimes feel that as a leader, it's just because you're the dad, you're the husband, you're the father, that you're, you're, you're the leader. That's just how it is. But what we don't always know what to do is how to lead. Amen. How to lead. Amen. And it's always good to have someone to help you and teach you and help you grow and learn in those areas. I uh, also want to welcome the Facebook people that are watching. Hopefully it'll go over uh, well on Facebook. Uh, sometimes we've lost it in this building, so hopefully it'll, it'll work out well. But let me pray over this message. It's important that we do that. Uh, anytime you have a message... You want it to be received well, and uh, it's important that we do that. Father God, I just pray over this message. I pray over, Father God, that the words that I speak, that these are the words you wanted me to teach on, Father God. Holy Spirit, comfort me through this whole thing. Help me, teach me, guide me. Let me change what needs to be changed. But Lord, when it's all said and done, that the men leave different. And any women that are watching, Lord, that they leave different. Because sometimes they're the ones leaving the home. And then you teach them, Father God, and guide them as well. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 One of the things that I mentioned today, the title of this message is, Am I a Leader? Am I Leading? Is it, it's important that you know that because so many times what we tend to do is, is look at the situation is, I go with the flow. I'm just that type of person. It doesn't matter to me what happens. It should. It matters because how you lead is going to affect your family and the decisions that they're going to make for their family. It's important that you come up another level as a man of God, as a father, as a husband, because you're leading whether you know it or not. Are you doing it the right way, the godly way, or are you doing it just what everybody in the world does? It's important that you're different in that area. You might say, well, I don't like to make waves in my house. I don't like to stir stuff up. Let me, let me tell you something. Sometimes it's good to get things stirred up a little bit. Amen. To change some things in your life, in your house. It's good that you do that. And why? And I'm not talking about changing, getting a divorce, and anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. Come on. What I'm saying is sometimes it's good to stir things up and say, what do I need to change in me? See, because it starts with you, sir. Whether you know it or not, it starts with you. So many times what we tend to look at is, my wife needs to change. This needs to happen. My kids need to do this. Well, are you doing your part? Are you? And, and I, hopefully after this message, what you're going to see is, man, what is it in me that I have to change? What is it in me to help my marriage be better? To, to help my children be raised up the right way? It, what do I need to change in me to help that situation? And we're going to read it because it all goes back to the Word of God right here. 
What are we doing with the Word of God? Are we using it? Or are we just reading it? Or letting it collect dust? It's important that when you read it, you say, hey, I, I want to understand it. I don't understand it, but I want to understand it. That's why, as I, as I talk to you, a leader is someone that's going to go and ask for advice. Give, give me some input. I need, I need to listen to these pastors or ministers or people that are older than me that have been through some things that, that they can help me and guide me. I mean, how many of you, if you could do some things different because of the experiences you've gone through, would have done it different? Mm -hmm. Whether it's money, whether it's, you know, women, come on, I'm being real here. Whether it's drugs, whether it's stealing, it doesn't matter. If you knew the consequences, what you would do is say, I need to do it different. I would have done it different. So that's why you go and teach these younger kids and say, let me help you. I've been there. I know what you're going through. I've been there. Amen? Amen. Or some of you might say, you know, it's easier just to let my wife leave. You're making a mistake. That's right. You're making a mistake when you let your wife leave. I'm not saying that she doesn't have wisdom. It's important. She's your helpmate. That's what the Bible says, that she's your helpmate. She helps you. In any marriage, it's not 100%. In my way, that's what I said. That's how I do it. If you do that, you got problems. Come on. You have to look at the situation and say, God, how do you want me to handle it? God might say, I want you to talk to your wife about it because she, I've given her some wisdom that y'all can use. Many times in our marriage, I've been married 32 years. This year, November, 32 years. And I can honestly tell you, when I was doing it just how Eloy said, this is how I'm going to do it, nothing's going to change, we went through a lot. But when I sat there and I asked my wife, because she has great wisdom, come on, God made her. Amen. So she, I would ask her, babe, what do you think about this? She says, this is how I think about it. This is what I think about it. And, of course, with her insight and how she saw some things, it helped me make the decision that I needed to make. Why? Because it's going to affect her as well. I'm going to ask this question, guys. If you had to grade yourself as a husband, what grade would you give yourself? I mean, what, would your wife give you the same grade that you just gave yourself? Come on. I can honestly tell you, if the answer's only no, come on. I know I'm talking to the guys behind you. This front row is fine. There's no issues here in the front row. Amen. But what about father? The decisions that you've made as a father up to this point are great yourself. Would your kids give you the same grade? Would your sons and daughters look at you and say, Dad, there's no issues. We're great. I can honestly tell you, they're going to look at you and say, Dad, we need to talk. I mean, they can easily, easily do that. My kids, too. Mine are no different. I try to raise them up in the way they should go. That's what the Bible says to do. To raise them up in the way they should go. Because when you do that, it's a lot easier. When they're on their own, they're, I love what this uh, preacher said when they were here. They're making their own testimony. Amen. You follow me? See, because when you raise them up in the way they should go, you teach them, you guide them, you show them everything you can. When they leave the house, they're on their own. Your hands are off. And, and I'm talking to somebody here because some of you still got your hands in your kids' business. You might want to think about it. Mm -hmm. Their kids are grown.
throne, gone, they're doing their own thing. Because what's going to end up happening is they're going to be, hey, Dad, I need some money. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, Dad, I need you to do this. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're in trouble. You remember when you left the house and you said you didn't want to be here anymore? You remember how I didn't train you right, show you right? You're on your own, right, Bo? Go take care of it. You follow me? Tell me we don't have to be that crude or whatever, but, but that's basically what we're saying. You're on your own, son. I broke the plate when you left. This is my house now. You got your own, you raise it and do what you need to do. When my wife and I got married, one of the things that I, I needed to do was I, I watched my mom and dad, I watched her mom and dad, and I said, I'm going to combine the things that I like from both families, both parents, and I'm going to use that as, as a parenting guide as well as the Bible. That's good. That's good. Come on. Because I love how my mom and dad. They stayed out of our business. Never once did they call and say, hey, let me tell you what you're doing wrong. Or let me tell you what you're doing right. They didn't do any of that. I went to their house. I visited them, loved them. And both of them are in heaven now. But I left. It was over. When, when I went to my in-laws, it was a little different in some areas. You know? Then, and I liked some of the things that they did. Some of the things that they did, I didn't like. Come on. It's no different. If you come to my house, you're going to say, I like how Brother Eloy does this, but I don't like how he does that. And it's okay. You learn from those things. Say, what can I get from that? If we do that, what you're going to see is I'm going to have a better marriage. I'm going to have a better relationship with my kids. Amen? Amen. See, one of the things that we have to do is, is, whether we like it or not, is take the advice from some people. Okay, I'm gonna let me, let me go back. I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Brother, put up Genesis if you could. At the beginning, God said, Adam, I'm gonna make you help me. So he did. He made Eve. Okay? And that's what your wife is, is a helpmate. Adam is the leader of his home, the Garden of Eden, and he was supposed to tell Eve some things. He didn't do it. It's no different than me or you or anybody else in our house. There's some things in our house that we're not doing with our family that we're supposed to have done. So Adam and Eve had talk and everything, and then uh, uh, what he told them, the Lord commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. Go ahead, brother. <laughs> but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day, if you eat, you shall surely die. That's what he told them. That's what he told Adam. Adam should have relayed that message to Eve. Listen to the message Eve got out of it. Go ahead, brother. Three, whatever it was. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said you should not eat of the every tree of the garden? See, even the devil knew what God said. Keep going, brother. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden. Keep going. But the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God said, you shall not eat, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. You see how God changed around? Never did God tell them, don't touch it. He said, just don't eat of it, of the knowledge. But once the devil said, hey, look here, eat. If you, if you eat of it, you're going to die. Yeah, and if we touch it, come on. As the leader, as the head, Adam should have said, no, 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 God didn't say that. 
But what I was getting at with that part right there, I was trying to show you that it's important that we relay the messages God has given us. Amen? Amen. Because God will talk to us, and if we don't relay the message, our wives are only getting half of what we said or what God said. Let me give you an example. My wife and I, we've sold our house. The Lord told me, and he sold four or five of our houses. I've mentioned that to y'all before. But the, the important part is, is I have to have my wife agree with me to get rid of this house. I, I mean, I could say, woman, don't look, how's that going to go over? Woman, let me tell you something. We're selling this house because I said so. That's not going to go over very well. It goes a lot better when I say, the Lord told me this. And my wife, at the beginning, she says, okay, I'm going to stand with you and believe. That's at the beginning. Now, we just sold our house last week. And when I told her, I said, the Lord told us to sell this house. This is her comment. This is her words. Bring me some boxes. That's what she said. Why? Because there has been time after time after time after time then I said, the Lord said, and she says, you've never missed God on our house. Amen. You've never missed God. Not that I'm holier than thou or anything like that, but it's important that we have some, some kind of way to say, this is what God said. And she says, I believe you. Amen. I trust you. I know what you're going to do. Am I leading? Yes. But at the same time, at the beginning, it was, baby, I need you to agree with me. I want to make sure I heard God the right way. And it's important that we do that because if I go up to her and say, we're selling the house, her first words are going to be, did God tell me? Come on. Because I don't want to move. I don't want to leave. I love it here. doesn't matter. What did God say to do? So many times, and you know, so many people, y'all are missing God is what they told us. You're missing God. I said, if I'm missing God, then I've listened to God, and that's on me. But if I listen to man, then I got a problem. I got a problem. What I'm getting at is you need to know that, hey, I, I built up this trust with my spouse. I've led her the right way because if I lead her the wrong way, guess what? She fails too. So if I lead her the right way, how God wants me to lead, then she's safe. Amen? Amen. It's important that we listen to God, and, 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 and later on I'll, I'll talk to you a little bit more about that. But it's important that we listen to God and do what God wants us to do. What did he tell you to do? Have you, is there confirmation? Is there a time when you looked at your wife and said, honey, this is what the Lord told me. And she said, that's right, I'm with you. I'm with you. I talked to a friend of mine and I've known him for 30 years. Beautiful man of God, I love him. And I talked to him the other day and, and I told him what the, some of the things that the Lord told me. And he goes, he told me the same thing about my life. He goes, you're confirming what he told me. And he's in Indiana. We're not together anywhere. We just talk because we pick up the phone and say hello. And I told him how the Lord's been dealing with us. It's important that when you read your Bible, read the Word, get under a pastor that wants to teach you and help you grow it's important that you get that. And, and when they help you grow, and I'm going to show you a minute here why it's important. But as you're learning and growing and, and, and you're following the footsteps that the Lord wants, how are you going to fail? How, how's your life 
you're doing what God tells you to do. Amen. There's going to be this peace that passes all understanding that you're going to be looking at it and saying, man, why didn't I listen to him before? Why haven't I done this before? Did, did I say you can miss some? Sure. Who hasn't missed it? Who hasn't missed it? We all have. Amen? Amen. I want to share something with you. There's a lot of types of leaders. But I want to show you some of the things that, that, that the people, leaders in the Bible have done. But I want to ask you this. Are you a leader who is trustworthy? Or you do not trust. See, you, you can be a leader, but if if, if I tell Reverend Ron to, to go do something, ah, man, I just don't know if he's going to do it. You got to let him go. You got to give him a little rope. Let him do his thing. If he fails, then I know where he's at. Amen. If there's remorse or if there's like, ah, I don't know if I can do this again, brother, there's a time for me to help develop him and bring him up. Or I can say, you're right, I can't trust you, you're no good. Mm. How, how would that feel? How would that do for that man? You know, it would hurt him, it would bust him. And that's not what we're wanting to do. As men of God, for us to be a leader, we need to say, I trust you, bro. Amen. We'll get it next time. Amen. You didn't hurt anything, nothing was hurt, everything's fine. All, all we did was lose this, this, and this. It's okay, but we learned from that. Now, what can we do different so you can be the leader that you need to be? So I can trust you more. You follow me? Amen. No different. Are you envious? Are you envious when somebody comes and ministers at your pulpit or when somebody's teaching and, and, and they might have a better message than you, a stronger message? Man, I just can't stand that guy when he preaches. It's important that you know that for us to grow, to, we're all one. Amen. The fingers, the hand, the feet, Amen. everything's together. We have to work together. If we don't, then how's the ministry going to succeed? It's important that we know that. That we go as one in every area of our lives. I, I can't invite everybody to church. I can invite the people I see. Now, if you invite someone and the guy next to you invites someone, the guy next to him invites someone, we're just going to have double already. Boom, just like that. Mm -hmm. Amen. If, if the next men, this is a lot bigger than we had last time. Yeah, it's a lot better than last time Amen. because other men invited other men. And if we keep doing that, how is it not going to grow and more men be reached for Jesus? That's the important part. Do you, are you the type of person that, uh, as a leader, uh, you look over people's shoulders. Make sure they do it right. You know? It, it's important that you, you just let them do it. Amen. You, is Jesus looking over your shoulder? Is he envious because your message is, wow, powerful? Is, is he letting you do what you need to do? Even though you know, I just might fail. But he's okay with that. He picks you up, dusts you off. He says, it's all right, son. I still love you. Amen. Why, why can't we be like that with our own kids? Why can't we be that way? Because we, we as fathers, are, we're in the microwave society. Is, I want you to know it, and I want you to know it now, because I've been doing it for 40 years. You should know exactly what I want. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. You've been doing it for 40 years. This is the first time he or she's done it. How, how do you expect your child, your son, or your daughter to be just like you? You can't. It's important that you know as a leader, you have to 
guidance. That's how you become the leader that you need to be. Even with your spouse. She might not be up here with you on the word of God. How are you going to bring her up? you got to help her. Amen. Come here, honey. Let, let me explain. See, that's why the Bible so many times people get it so misconstrued. God doesn't want a woman reading or preaching or whatever. That's not true. No, God, God says, hey, listen, I want you to go to your husband and ask your husband. He's the head of the house. That's why Eve missed it. Eve tried to do it her own way. E even if I touch it, that's not what the word said. God said if you eat of the knowledge of the tree, the tree of knowledge, that's what he said. But Eve says, no, 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 no. Even if I touch it, I die. That's wrong. Go to your spouse, go to your husband is what the Bible is saying. And saying, listen, what does this word say? But if you're a husband that's not reading it, not strong in it, that's why she goes to the pastors. That's why she goes and follows what she wants to do because she has no one to guide her. It's important that we know that, that we do that. Amen? Amen? Amen. Am I talking to anybody? I was given the task at work. I want y'all to know the story here. It's important because we're all given tasks at work. I was given two new employees. They said, I want you to train them in this area. I said, fine. I had two weeks and I was going to go on vacation. I said, no problem. The way I teach is I'm a hands-on person. I go out there and I show them and I talk about it. I go back to the classroom, draw it out. Then I go back out there and I ask them, do you have any questions? And then I leave them alone for an hour or so. You look at it come back and ask me questions. That's just the type of person I am. That's how I do it. Another gentleman was given a task with two, two people also. And he does it different. However he does it, I don't know. But it's not my task. My task was to train these two. Another gentleman walks up, up to me and he says, Hey, man, how, how you're doing is different than how he's doing. You see, the devil wants to cause conflict, division, so quick. You know what I told him? I said, I can't worry about what he does. That's right. Come on. I need to worry about me. Amen. i got two weeks with these people. How many times have you... All of a sudden, I could have very easily said, well, how's he doing? What's he doing different? And then my mind wouldn't have been on my task. It would have been on whatever everybody else is doing. It's important that we know that what did God give you to do? Then you need to do it. Amen? Amen. You can't be worried about what everybody else is doing, being envious of other people, not trusting what God told you to do. You got to do what God said for you to do. Amen. 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 See, we don't need to be like others. We need to be what God said for us to do and be. Amen. Amen. We're all different. I mentioned it earlier how we lead in our homes. We're the king of our castle. So it's very difficult when you come to a group of men and I try to teach some things about leadership or how, how I do things, or but it doesn't come from me. It comes from the word of God. It's important that you understand that wisdom is given to men to help lead, to, to do what they need to do. Let me give you an example. Moses led millions of people out of the wilderness. And he led them. And as he got to the other side, he started judging what they were doing. People were coming up to him, coming up, coming up, giving them things. Hey, what, what do we need to do here? What do we need to do there? Brother's going to be putting that scripture up. 
When you get a minute, brother. And what when he his father-in-law comes up to him, Jethro was his father-in-law, and he says, Moses, what are you doing? He said, What are you doing? He goes, Well, I'm, I'm judging the people. They come up to me. He goes, You're up day and night doing this. And he says, The things that you do are not good. That's what his father-in-law said. Go ahead, brother. Both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourselves out. For this thing is too much for you. You're not able to perform it by yourself. Keep going, brother. Listen now to my voice. This, this is what is important that you have to understand this part. It's good to have counsel. It's good to have good counsel. See, a lot of people are going to give you their input. But it's not always good. Amen. It's not always good. It's good when you, you can sit there and listen to a man and say, let me see what you've been through. Amen. Then I'll listen to you. This was his father-in-law for 40 years. He knew Moses. And he says, all right, what you're doing is not good. Let me tell you something. I'm going to give you a bit of advice. I will give you counsel, and God will be with you. Stand before God for the people so that you may bring this, the difficulties to God. Is that the, only, the last one I gave you, brother? No. All right, I'm going to keep going. And then you shall teach the, the, them the statutes and the laws, so on and so forth. And I'm going to go to 25. And this is what's so important. This is where you come in. See, because the pastor can't do everything. So many times what we tend to do is say, pastor got it. The leader's got it. He's got it. He's, he's the man. But it wears him out. It wears him out. That's why it's important to have deacons and elders and people that you can trust. This is what he, Moses did. He chose able men out of all Israel and made them the heads over the people. Rulers over thousands, rulers over hundreds, rulers over fifties, and rulers of ten. And they judged. And all the hard stuff came to Moses. That gave Moses time to take a deep breath. God, what do you want from me? See, because if he was going to be judging over everybody, he couldn't have done it. Now, what I'm getting at is, that's you. That's me. You go to a man of God, or a man of God comes up to you and says, let me help you, brother. Amen. What you're doing is not good. Amen. It's not helping your body. It's not helping you. I want to give you some counsel. Amen. How many times have men come up to you and said, can I talk to you for a minute? Amen. See, but when, when they talk to you, it should be in private. It shouldn't be where you're in front of everybody. Hey, man, let me tell you something. Let me tell you what you're doing wrong. That's no, right. you, that's not how you do it. Mm -hmm. A leader doesn't do that to ridicule, embarrass, or anything like that. That's why it's important that you don't do that in front of your children Amen. and the other children. Pull them to the side so I can talk to you. Let me give you an example. My daughter, a long time ago, she was uh, going to church. And, well, you know, she's 15, 16 years old. One of the little boys that saw her coming saw her like to hug her. Well, he went and hugged her, and he held her. And it wasn't like a hug to the side. It was a hug. I said, oh, no, mm -mm, that ain't gonna fly. That ain't gonna fly. And I told my daughter, I took her to the side, I said, baby, can I talk to you? And I explained to her. I said, let me tell you, when boys come and hug you, they should hug you to the side. And I explained why. She's young, naive in those areas at that time. He wasn't. He knew what he was doing. 
So she says, what do you mean, Dad? And I told her again, and I explained it to her. And I said, baby, let me tell you something. I said, if you don't tell him, I will. I said, but I'm giving you the opportunity to explain it to him. Because he might not know what he's doing. I said, if he's going to be a young man that's going to be in church, he needs to come up another level. It's time to teach. Amen? Amen. So next time I'm up there and taking her, dropping her off at the youth, and here comes that point. She said, hold on. Right away. Hold on. I said, my dad said, this is how you need to hug me. Oh, okay. Okay. But you know what? I didn't do it in front of the whole crowd. I didn't do it in front of everybody. I did it as a teaching moment. As a, you you know, at first, I, I can promise you, I wanted to go over there and say, boy, let me tell you something. <laughs> but, but you know, you give them a chance. You, you, you let your kids do what they need to do. And, and give them a little bit of rope and let them hang themselves. You know what I mean? And so, but she did the right thing. Praise God. My son Nicholas, no different. Another story about Nicholas. I was married before. Got out of high school. Got married. Had two kids, beautiful kids. Uh, then I got divorced, got remarried, found Jesus. And I've been married 32 years, like I said, in November. But the thing was is that uh, my son and my daughter lived in Dallas area. And I, and I wanted my kids to come live with me, but they just couldn't. You know, most of the time they go with the mom. That's fine. That happened. And But my son turns 10. My ex-wife calls me. She says, hey. I'm having a difficult time with Nick. I think it's time for him to come live with you. I said, no problem. He's welcome. So Jesse. But my son comes to live with me, and our set of rules were you, you come home from school, you eat a snack, you do your homework, then you go play. His set of rules was you go play, when it gets dark, it's time to eat, and then do your homework. But it doesn't go that way in my house. Amen. He comes up to me and he says, Dad, I just can't live by your rules. I said, okay, well, tell me. See, because in my younger days, I would have said, it doesn't matter. You're going to do what I say. Because I'm dad. I'm the leader. But wisdom has prevailed. Amen? Amen? As we get older, we get wiser. And as we get wiser, we try to use some of that wisdom and do it the right way. So I said, okay, son. I said, what are you thinking? What do you think we ought to do? He said, I think you ought to let me play. Then I can do my homework. I said, okay. He said, no problem. I said, you got it. But my other two boys that were living with me, guess what they did? They came home, had a snack, did their homework, then they played. So my son gets home, he gets dressed, goes outside. Mother two go and do their routine. Well, before long, my son's out there throwing the ball up in the air by himself. And then he's realizing, I'm not having any fun. Because the other two are inside. When they finished, he came in, they went out and played. It didn't take him long to realize what he had said. It's not a good thing. But I let him, I had the patience. I don't know, about a week or so later, he comes home, eats a snack, then he goes out and plays, and then he comes home, takes, I mean, go, comes in, takes a bath, and then they go to bed. And the routine started again that way. A few months later, he comes up to me, he said, Dad, can we have a talk, man to man? I said, sure. I sat down, he sat down. He said, you changed, Dad. I said, well, tell me how I changed, son. And all the things that he wrote down that he said, I, I'm going to do this and this and this and this. I said, go ahead. I let him do it. I gave him enough rope. He hung himself. He realized 
I can't do what that. <clears throat> so he changed everything that he told me I needed to change. He looked at me and he goes, Dad, you didn't change. I did. I said, exactly. I said, but you know what? And, I, and, and I'm telling you guys, it was just the wisdom of patience. Because I was at the point where I couldn't. I didn't have patience. I was, boy, let me tell you something. And that's how I was taught. I had to change the way I talked. I had to change the way I thought about things. I had to change the way how I led. I, I went with a, a father-in-law type in mentality where Jethro talked to Moses. I said, Lord, you're going to have to talk to me. I don't like how I'm living, Lord. I don't like being upset every day, being mad every day. I don't like that, Lord, being mad at my wife and my kids for no reason. I walked in one time, and my wife said, let me tell you about Josh. I said, where's he at? And I'm taking my belt off as I'm saying this. Where's he at? She said, wait, 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 wait. It's good. I said, okay, I was already up to here with But nothing even happened. But that's how I walked in. I changed the atmosphere to a bad atmosphere at my house. I didn't like that. I, I heard a story about a man that said, I changed the atmosphere because I realized my kids didn't know what I was dealing with at work. My wife doesn't know other than with what I tell her. And what I mean by that is, if I had an argument at work, if I got fired at work, if I got in trouble at work, I would bring it home, but in a, in a rage and ugliness. And then I realized what I was doing. I heard a man say this. He says, what I tend to do is I vent all the way from work to I get home. And I tell God everything how I feel. He says, and then I, on the way in, I touch a tree, and I leave all my troubles on that tree. And when I go out, and I go inside the house, and I'm, dead. hey, buddy, hey, sissy, what's going on? You know, I'm talking to the kids, loving on them. And then when I leave, if I want my problems, I can pick them up on the way out here. And I was like, man, that is so good. So what I started to do was pray all the way home to, to the mailbox, because our mailbox was about a block away. And I said, Lord, you're going to have to help me with this, Lord. I said, because I'm having problems. And I would... Leave it at the mailbox. At the mailbox, sometimes my kids would run over there and, and I would throw them in the back of the truck and they'd just ride in the back of the truck. But when I got to the mailbox, I was dad. I was husband. You understand? So many times what we tend to do is take it inside with us and we shouldn't do that. If you're walking in your house and everybody's laughing and having a joyful time and you walk in and it's cold as ice, I want to check yourself. The only way to improve that grade that I asked you to check on earlier is for you to change some things in your life. That's right. Amen. That's the only way that it's going to happen. <coughs> I want to ask you this. I told you about Moses. But one of the things that, that I read about Moses is he, he looked for men who feared God. Are you a leader at your house that fears God? And I don't mean like, oh, I'm scared of God. It's more of, what, what is God want? What did God tell me to do? What do I need to do? It's important that you do that. He found men who were trustworthy, who hated dishonest gain, whatever it was, financially or whatever. What kind of man are you? Are you a man that wants dishonest gain? Are you a man that, that wants to be trustworthy? Only you can change that. You're the only one that can change it. I want you to look a little bit deeper at, at, at a leader, what a leader should be. It should be a man of integrity. 
That's, that's the type of a leader you should be. You should be the one to delegate. Let your kids do something. Let them mess up. They, if your kids, I used to get them out there to wash the car with me. And they need soap and everything. I go behind them and wash it. It's okay. But you know what? At the end of the day, they say, I'll wash dad's car with me. So what? It's not up to your standards. Who cares? Were they out there with you? Were they doing what you enjoy doing? What they enjoy doing being around dad? I let them mow the yard. They said, Dad, how do you mow? And I would teach them how I would mow. Do you know my kids still mow to, that way to this day? Amen. And if they miss the spot, I said, all right, guys, I, I'm going to ask you something. We stand across the street, and I say, let's look at the yard. Oh, Dad, I missed some spots there. I said, it's all right. Next time, you get it. Next time, we'll do it. Because we'd already blown everything, put everything away. So next time. So what if my yard looks bad for a week? Who knows? Who notices? Amen? Amen. God, except the HOA. But anyway, <laughs> it's okay. But it's important that you, it's okay to let them mess up. It's okay that they, they say, it's all right, man. You're all right. We had fun. We had a good time. So what? Let, let them be able to do some things. Be able to communicate. So many times when our kids come up to us, hey, Dad, I want to talk to you about this. In your mind, you already got an answer for them. Tell this what you need to do. Well, hold on, Dad, I haven't even told you. No, 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 son, I'm telling you, because this is how I would have done it. And, and so anyways, it's your conversation. You're not letting them communicate with you. Let them give you their input. So what if they did it wrong? So what if they messed up? How, how's that going to be uh, if, he, if he's not able to communicate or she? Have self-awareness. What do I need to do to change me? To be a better father, be a better leader, be a better husband. What do I need to change? Have awareness of where you're at and where you need to head. Where, where am I headed? Amen? See, it's important that when, you, when you're praying, you say, God, guide me, show me. I want to know, Lord, where you want me to go. And, and, and head that direction. It's okay if you get stopped on the way, but keep going that way. Amen. Don't stop. Don't stop. Amen? Amen. Amen. It's okay to know that, hey, I need to change on the fly. I need to change now because the situation is, it didn't go the right way. How I expected it, I'm going to change. It's okay. It's important that you're able to do that so you can go smoothly. Have gratitude. Be grateful. Be grateful when a man of God gives you advice. Be grateful when someone says, brother, can I talk to you? Be grateful when somebody pats you on the back. Good job. Way to go. Amen. You know, it's okay. Thank, thank you, brother. I needed that. You don't know what I'm going through. I really do appreciate that. Have influence in, in the decisions you make and, and who you hang out with. Get, get some people around you that you want to come up another level. You know, not, not people that are going to tear you down. If you got people that are going to tear you down, what good is it going to do? Amen. If those are the people that you're around, you might want to get rid of those people and get other people in, in your life. That How can I get better <laughs> if I hang out with these people instead? Yeah. Amen? Amen. Have empathy. Be considerate of others. See, Jesus didn't go saying, you're sick? Okay. He cared. Show some care inside on, on your side. I, Jesus didn't look around and said, should we try to throw you in the pool? He said, no, let me help you. Let me tell you what I got. Amen. Let me tell you who I am. Amen. You follow me? And that's why when you get under a man of God that's teaching you the word,
is. Let me tell you what I just learned this weekend when I went to prison ministry or wherever I go. It's important that we're able to do that. Amen. Jesus was a great listener. He loved others. He walked in love the whole time. He, he listened without being belittling people. And that's what's important. When my son Nicholas came up to me and said those things to me, I could have belittled him. Nick, what's wrong with you? I don't do that. But I didn't. I said, no, son. All right, you want to do those things, that's fine. But let me tell you what's going to happen. I ain't changing. And I didn't change. And I didn't tell him that, but inside, I'm like, okay, son, go ahead. Before long, he turns it around. Amen? Amen. We've all heard things like this before. Leaders do what is right. And we get tired of it. Oh, man, I've got to be a leader. I've got to do everything right. No, you don't do everything right, but it's important if you want to lead people that you guide them in the right way. If you're, if you're like I mentioned earlier, if you're one with dishonest game, hey, brother, it's okay if we steal this. I went to Home Depot the other day, and I, I was unpacking stuff, and I realized I forgot to pay for one little thing that was underneath the box. I could have put it in my car and kept on going. Nobody would have known me any different. Come on now. Nobody. But guess who would have to go to sleep at night on his pillow and think about, man, yeah. I should have paid. You know, it's not right. <clears throat> it's not like Home Depot needed my money, but that's still dishonest game. Amen. So I turned around, and I went back, and I said, sir, he goes, because uh, I had my card, and I, I went back, I said, look, I said, this was under this box. I didn't realize it. I'd like to pay for it. $2.50, whatever it was. Doesn't matter. But the point is, is that if you're going to be a leader, are you leading the right way? Even if it's $2.50. It's important that we do that. Sometimes we're alone in that. As a leader, you're going to be by yourself a lot of times. Why? Because not everybody wants to walk around a leader that's going to make the right decisions the right way, talk right, act right. Come on. They're going to hate that. I don't want to be around that guy. He don't cuss, drink, smoke. He doesn't chase women. Oh, hold on. Aren't you a Christian? Shouldn't you want to desire to be around people that are going to encourage you and lift you up rather than chasing women? You've been married four times. You're still chasing women. And you're married now? <coughs> you got a problem here. you got to change it. I know I'm talking to the people behind y'all. <laughs> we have to embrace the unknown. It's okay. Some things are going to happen. It's not always going to be rosy or peachy. We gotta look at it and say, what, what I, I just don't always agree with that, but I gotta change that. You know, we, we have to, the Lord gave us broad shoulders for a reason. So we could, you know, carry the load sometimes. And it's okay. We lead by example. Some of those things that I told you might have hit home with you, some of them might not. That's okay. But sometimes we feel that we're all alone in this. Go ahead and put that other scripture up, brother, that Isaiah one. Let me tell you something. You're not alone. Amen. When, when, when you think you're by yourself, God says, no, 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 no. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you who I am. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Amen. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Amen. See, that's important. how important you are to God. He cares about you. He cares about what you're going through. Even in this little, little, little leadership role here that we're talking about. 
no, no, it's not literal. It matters to me. I'm with you. You're not going to do it by yourself. You don't have to go through this by yourself. I want you to know that I'm with you always. It's important that you understand that he's with you if you've made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Amen. You know, that, that he, he's a comforter. He, he comforts you. When, when things are tough, when you're going through stuff, he comforts you. Go ahead and put that other one, please, brother. 2 Corinthians. Blessed be the God and the Father of, of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Amen. Amen. Go ahead, brother. Is that it? Is that what it? <coughs> he comforts you. He, Jesus said, hey, when I leave here, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to send the comforter, the Holy Ghost. It's important that you know that. He comforts you when you're going through things, whether it be at work, at home, or just anywhere you go. He says, I'm going to send this Holy Spirit to you, and, and he's going to comfort you when, when you don't know what else to do. He says, I got you. I got you. And it's important because so many times at work, I'm sitting there going through things, and I don't know what's about to happen, but I just don't feel this peace. And I just start talking to God. I start speaking in tongues. I start praying. I start, Lord, comfort me. Show me. Guide me. And he does. He's never failed me. So many times I failed him where I missed it. Where I didn't do what he asked me to do. But he says, I, I, I was there. Yeah. I was there. When you thought I wasn't there, I was there. Oh, it's important that you know that. <coughs> I'm almost done. Amen? I want to break it down a little bit. A leader is not one that's going to get mad, annoyed, talks ugly to people. It's not a leader. That's a manipulator. That's one that's going to, I'll show you how it's done. I'll tell you this. Mm -hmm. All right, all right. Who's going to be behind you? Nobody. Nobody's going to want to be around you. It's important that you, as a leader, you look at them and you say, brother, let me show you how I do it. You can Because there's different ways to do things. It's okay. But let me show you how I do it, and, and this is what works for me. Let me help you. And then if it doesn't work your way, this way, then try to find an easier way. Amen. You follow me? It's okay, because his way might be easier, and then you're like, yeah, that was a lot easier than how I do it. You didn't even realize it. Come on. Amen. A leader will listen, be patient, teach, and train as needed. I, 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 I told you I, I'm almost done. After this message, are you a leader that is doing it the right way? Or is there some things in your life that you can say, I, can, I need to change some things? And, and it's important that we do that because we have to look at the situation. Because I, I ran it out of here. This is where I went. I'm not going to give you my opinion or my advice. I mean, I can give you that if you want it, but I'd rather go to God. What do you want me to do, God? How do you want me to change things, God? I can't change without this, this, and this, God. Go to here. Amen. I've told you this before. There's nothing wrong with going to somebody in the church and say, hey, I need you to pray for me. And he can give you his prayer and advice and input. But what does the Word of God say about it? It's important that we go to the Word of God and say, Lord, I need you to comfort me. I need you to show me in Scripture, Lord. You said that you heal the brokenhearted, Lord. Okay. And you can go up to Brother Bob or whoever at the church and can you show me where it says he heals a broken heart? Can, can you show me where Jesus 
said that he would never leave me nor forsake me. If I have engraved your name in the palm of my hand, can, can, can you show me where the Bible says that, that he'll comfort me? That he'll never leave me alone? Amen? Amen. That's what you need. Those type of people in your life that are going to lift you up, encourage you, bring you up another level. And last thing, if, if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, even on Facebook, if you're watching on Facebook, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I'm going to ask you this question. If you were to die today, where are you going to go? Heaven or hell? Only you know if you're going to die and you go to heaven, you're going to go to hell. You say, well, I really don't know. Then chances are you're going to hell. That means you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. If you were to die today, and you you know that you know that you're not saved, that you don't know this Jesus, because the Bible says you must be born again. You must be born again. Of course, we cannot enter our mother's womb a second time. We know that. But John three seven says you must be born again. John three sixteen says, "For God so loved you so much that He gave up His only Son." So that you could have eternal life. So I could have eternal life. Amen. If not now, when? If you want this Jesus that I've told you about, that I've talked about, I want you to raise your hand. Amen. I'm going to take it everybody here knows this Jesus that I've talked about. Amen. If you're on Facebook and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life and you want him, I want you to say this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Change my life. Make me new. I want to live for you, Jesus. I believe you died on the third day and rose again. Be my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Whether you press that blue button there or the button to stop.